Yo, yo. BD, what's going on? Welcome back. Thank you, sir. Feels back. like it's been forever since we did this. I know. I know. We So we did the early pod last week, as our listeners know. Did the February edition of our Rookie Mock Draft. And then off I went for my 10-year anniversary. Spent four days up in Sonoma a day in San Fran, and then four more down in Cabo. Wow. Congrats on the 10-piece. Congrats on the 10-piece, man. I'm just getting my uh, journey started here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, harsh harsh break back to reality, you know. So, uh, back at work the past few days. We'll have to see how productive I am next week. But, Turtle, decent segue. You, you also... Uh, we're away last week on some festivities, or the week prior. Uh, yeah. What'd you have going on? <clears throat> I had my uh, bachelor party going on. We uh, we went out to Arizona for a golf and gambling trip, and we had a really good time. Pretty uh, pretty interesting stuff. Success at the craps tables? Uh, very much success. I learned how to play craps for the first time, AC Ducey for life, and uh, I hope Florida can finally agree with the uh, Seminole tribe and get live craps down here. Yeah. So, so, so talk to me, AC Ducey, good, good uh, update for our league, which was we had a manager, we had a previous orphan team get assumed a few months back, um, you know, around the turn of the year. Um, And then that manager, after getting introduced to maybe some of the league intensity said, you know what, this is a little bit too intense for me. And now we got, Jesse in there, aka AC Ducey, <laughs> nickname from the bachelor party. Um, any juicy tidbits on what went down, or anything you want to share? No, I mean Jesse. Jesse's been uh, doing dynasty leagues longer than we have. You know, he's uh, he's been doing it. He's he's in a, a few very in depth leagues where you actually take college players. Um, and I guess you like hold them on your taxi squad for when they actually get drafted. So he knows what's going on. He's not going to get waxed by anybody. He's going to really be thorough with it. And I think that's the type of player that we need in there um, <clears throat> to fill that role, because I think the power dynamic is a little, you know, it gets a little lopsided sometimes. So it's really good to have somebody in there that, that knows what's going on. He's a yeah. guy. Huh? He's what? He's a Debbie guy. Yeah. Debbie. Yep. Exactly. That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, fair fair play. Shout out to Jesse. Welcome to the league. Uh, we're happy to have you, especially if you're bringing some good knowledge and competition. Uh, we'll love it. You think you think he's going to be a guest speaker, or is he he not up for that? No, he will. He would love to get on here. He, uh, I already said, I was like, we're going to bring you on the podcast at some point. Just be ready for it. And he was he was all about it. You know, he <laughs> needs a little break. He needs a little break from his wife and kids sometimes too. You know, and this is the perfect platform to do it on. Yeah, well, between you and BD, it's already a two Giants fan podcast. If he gets <laughs> three, man, I don't know what's going to happen. You're right. All right, well, let's uh, let, let's roll into the show. Uh, to kick us off on this intro, this week we have um, Falling is the name of the song, and that's by Zephyr. We'll kick that off, and then we'll jump right in. Yeah, we're still trying to find our vibe here. You know what? I'm loving Falling by Zephyr, um, possibly as a chill outro. We'll have to see how it feels at the end of the show, but uh, a good vibe there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so guys, this week we got three main things we want to get through. The first is going to be the the news and notes on the recent NFL things that we're hearing uh, combine started obviously. So all the GMs are together or most of the GMs are together. And um, we got breaking reports left and right on some, on some pretty interesting things that will have uh, dynasty ripple effects. Um, so we'll spend some time on that. Then we'll jump into uh, we've kind of teased it in previous shows, especially when we were talking about some trades was we actually had a period in our league of 24 hours where seven Big trades went down. We want to walk through each of those. These are real dynasty trades, and we'll have some reactions around that. Um, 
And again, you, you take this information, you compare it to your league. And if you like some of these trades, um, I don't think any of us are going to be walking away with the mindset that any particular side um, won heavily or lost heavily. So if you like players on either of the sides, um, maybe that helps you construct something in your own league. So you'll take that. And then Turtle is going to close us off with a, a, a top three edition. These are going to be the high upside handcuffs at both the running back position and uh, we don't talk about handcuffs a lot at the wide receiver position, but we have uh, we want to put that kind of thought, plant that seed in your head that there is upside, just like with running backs getting hurt, wide receivers get hurt. And if you have um, some high upside uh, handcuffs for uh, receivers with good quarterbacks, uh, you might have a little ace up the sleeve down the road when, when – uh, your team or another team experiences some injuries. So let's kick it off with some news, guys. Um, I, I think, you know, probably not bury the lead. The, the biggest one that we keep hearing over and over is Aaron Rodgers. Um, the biggest kept secret is that he's staying put. The next day we hear uh, he's torn on where he wants to play, and that could be staying in, in Green Bay. That could be going to Tennessee. That could be going to Denver. We've heard those two a lot. Uh, the most recent report threw uh, the Steelers into the mix, and that was a surprise for me. Um, what do you guys think? Where do you want to see him land, and where do you ultimately think he lands? Not a day that he can keep himself out of the news. Dude. I mean, he, he might as well go move to Hollywood at this point and uh, <laughs> go play for the Rams. But, um, you know, I, I think he's – I mean, my, my gut says he's probably safe, but um, – but, you know, on the flip side of it, uh, the Packers have uh, a lot of money uh, that needs to be spent to keep players around him, keep talent around him to actually compete. I can't imagine he's going to go play someplace if he can't compete. And it, so if Green Bay can't figure out how to how to structure the, the, the cash, then, you know, I, I think he actually may end up on another team. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. But, I mean, selfishly for me, I, I just – I don't really care where he goes. I just hope that he gets and continues to stay paired up with Devante. And that's really for my own selfish purposes. Um, but other than that, you know, like uh, Rogers, wherever he goes, he's going to make a team playoff playoff related. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, selfish, selfish um, impulses put aside, take a, if those are the four teams, Turtle, take a, a guess where he ends up being. I think he stays in Green Bay. Okay, so you think you think this is just the the dramatic flair that Rodgers has and keeping the name in the headlines. And at the end of the day, it's it's much fuss about nothing. He's he's wearing the green and yellow again. I, I do think that, I, and the reason is because he started getting along a lot better with uh, the management team uh, after all that COVID stuff happened. So I feel like they kind of had his back. So I feel like he'll uh, he'll reciprocate that. Yeah. Yeah, rumors are they want to make him the highest paid player in the NFL. Makes sense. I think I saw something around $45 million, which made me think, and this is just a side note, I don't know if either of you guys got the answer to it, I'm pretty sure Mahomes signed a 10-year deal for half a billion. So that would, I mean, just, yeah, it was 10 I'm years. no mathematician, but that's $50 million a year. So I don't know if Rodgers at 45 is going to beat that or if, you know, just the way they've constructed Mahomes' contract, he's not making fifty million equally and that's kind of backloaded but he'll be paid regardless yeah yeah so the next the, I mean kind of sticking with the Chiefs um, word is that Tyreek Hill is going to be signing an extension soon uh, really don't know if there's much more to talk about there since there's no changing teams but uh, again Turtle this is a guy that you have so I'll flip it over to you uh, being linked with Mahomes not the worst thing in the world no, and he's worth he's worth that twenty million a year, in my opinion, because he just brings such a dynamic element to the field. He's a playmaker, and when he gets the ball in his hands, he's going to be doing something. Uh, he's been very he stayed off the sidelines for a few years uh, in a row now, no significant injuries. So, I think he's just got nothing but upside, and I I don't see why they wouldn't pair him up with Kelsey and uh, Patrick Mahomes for as many years as they could. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Oh. And then on the uh, the the pre 
combine pre free agency news was we're going to see a shift in QBs changing teams on a carousel like we've not seen before. Uh, mm. if, the dom- if Aaron Rodgers' domino falls and he stays put, another one looking likely to stay put is the Seahawks' Russell Wilson. Um, it, it broke this week that the, uh, the Washington Commanders went out and made a really, really strong offer. Um, and one that was actually, you know, either a fair or overpay is what it sounded like, multiple first-round picks, um, possibility to, to choose a stud from their defensive roster. They have first-round defensive players um, going back the past three or four drafts. Uh, so, so a fair offer. Um, it was it was quickly rebuffed. It, it seems like uh, Wilson is going to stay. But if you, if multiple firsts and a former first round pick who's who's not flamed out, who's actually performing at a Pro Bowl level, which they have multiple on the defensive side, isn't going to get you a QB. Um, are we just not going to see QBs change teams? Yeah, I, I I think that's sort of the the trend that is is happening right um i mean all of these big named quarterbacks that have been floated across you know the past year or so you know pretty much all of them seem to be staying put my you know we'll see what happens with with aaron Rodgers, but um yeah i mean i i think now teams have to start looking at that second tier of uh free agent quarterbacks that are out there right guys who previously started in the league high draft picks with you know, Mitch Trubisky or Marcus Mariota or, I mean, even um, even Petty is still out there, right, or Jameis, right? There's there's some there's still some talent out there at the in the free agency market. Um, and, and I wouldn't be surprised uh, if none of these quarterback dominoes are going to fall via trade, then, you know, those guys are going to get signed pretty quickly come, come mid-March here. Yeah, and and uh, you know tying it back into dynasty, if you're playing superflex uh, and you're in a QB needy team, you're struggling just like these real life NFL teams without a stud QB are struggling. You know, no one in the superflex wants to to part with them. Um, I don't know uh, what do you what do you think, Turtle, uh, on that statement? It, it's just hard to pry uh, a top eight or top ten QB away from a team that. Uh, thinks in a super flex format. Yeah, I mean, without adding value to the team that's going to be um, letting the quarterback go, it's very hard, you know? I mean, people are going to be wanting, these teams are going to be wanting a lot of pieces, and I don't know if a lot of these teams are worth, are going to be wanting to pay so much for one of these, especially one of these older quarterbacks, you know? Yeah. Somebody in, the, in their late 30s. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I think there's going to be some movement. I just don't think it's going to be as much as we thought uh, from the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. So, moving right along, um, another big name. We have Amari Cooper, likely to be released from the Cowboys. Uh, fantasy implications there, guys. What do you think? Cowboys, but beyond, I mean, so fa- fantasy implications, uh, some other team is going to get a wide receiver one. Um you know, and, and hopefully he goes to a team who can actually exploit his talents. I, I, I mean, I saw a, a graphic on Twitter the other day with uh, with him in a Chiefs uniform, which I thought would be pretty interesting. Wow. Um, Whoa. You know, I, I, I think the bigger – I mean, for me, the bigger story of that is just the Cowboys are just idiots. You know, they, they have – the reason that they couldn't keep Amari Cooper was because they signed that ridiculous contract with Zeke and, uh, you know, he's on the downswing of his career. They, they ran him into the ground and, you know, now he's, he's still productive, but he's not productive like he used to be. And, and they had to cut very talented wide, or they're going to have to cut a very talented wide receiver uh, because of that. So in dynasty league, should, should we be advising the listeners go out, get, uh, if Cooper's gone and that's a certainty, um, who who should we be advising the listeners to go out and get? Is it Cedric Wilson? Is it Michael Gallup for the long term? Is it uh, Dalton Schultz? Who? What's going to happen there? It's going to be CD show, and then they're going to be sprinkling Gallup in there. In my in my opinion, I think Schultz is a great player. I don't. I haven't seen enough from him to be like, oh, that guy's going to be an elite tight end in the NFL. Um, so it's hard to say at this point. But if you are going to go try to buy somebody at their low point. Right now, it's got to be Michael Gallup, especially get coming off of his injury. Yeah, if you can get him for cheap, why not? Right? Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, I actually will go to the other side of that, right? And and uh, this is, I, I have both Gallup and Cedric Wilson on my team. Um, if the Cowboys come out of the draft without a top wide receiver, um, you know, I mean, there, there's there's nothing stopping them from going and selecting another wide receiver in the draft this year. But if they come out and, you know, they've re-signed Cedric Wilson and they've re-signed uh, Michael Gallup, I think actually probably the best value in that offense is going to be Cedric Wilson. Um, he re- he really showed out this year. He, you know, for a, a fourth option, even fifth option on that team, uh, pass catch option, you know, he, he didn't do too bad. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Dak uh, has a history of spreading the ball around in that offense. So, you know, I, I don't know that, you know, I, I think CD is going to be a top guy in that offense, but, I don't know if we're ever going to be looking at him as anything more than a, a you know, bottom half wide receiver one. Um, you know, maybe he has the upside to be a top half wide receiver one, but I don't think it's going to be consistent year in and year out. Wow. That's a hot take for sure. Yeah. And I, I, I don't disagree. Um, what a lot of folks don't know is, uh, so Gallup, late season ACL tear, had some pretty bad swelling, took a while to die down. Obviously, we know you, you got the swelling's got to go down. Some people have none. Um, I think Robert Woods reminiscent of that, you know, finishing off practice and, and playing and practicing throughout the week, then realizing he had the tear. Uh, and then there's others like Gallup. It took, you know, six to eight weeks to, to calm down. So does the surgery timeline push him back? And do you get uh, four games, six games, eight games of Cedric Wilson as the two? And to Brian's point, does that represent some some nice, nice value early season? And then uh, does he solidify? solidify himself as that as that too and and um you know continue on uh for the rest of the season giving you great value for what the cost would be so yeah. he'll, he'll be a cheap option in my mind although you know if, if you want to come get him off my squad anybody in our league uh you know I, you're gonna have to overpay <laughs> <laughs> all right so the the next thing um qb related we're, we're ping and pong between wide receivers and qbs here but uh, with the Niners, so a lot of hubbub since we last talked, right? It was uh, Brady is going to potentially come out. And then uh, obviously Brady, you know, announced he's actually uh, producing and starring in a film. So that's kind of t- covering him up for the next few months. And then the combine started and or actually prior to that, you know, then it was like, is Garoppolo actually going to be traded? Will he? Won't he? Uh, a lot of a lot of cloudiness around Lance as the guy. Uh, the combine hits and we get some actual concrete news stories and not speculation. And we know that uh, the the Bucks are going to play hardball. They're going to say, if you want to play, you got to play for us. We're a QB needy team. Uh, and it's just bad business is, is what they call it. They don't want to set the president for their franchise to have people retire and force their hand to move. So they're going to use Brady as as the case and then it came out that Garoppolo had the shoulder and is still despite that likely to be traded to a team it's just uh pride determining price but it looks like he's going to be on the move then there's been possible Mitch Trubisky as a backup to to Lance and, and a few others they want to really get a solid veteran in there to back him up and a help coach and they did that recently by hiring Brian Greasy to come be the QB coach. Uh, Brian Greasy, Michigan State uh, college championship winner back in the uh, a while back, uh, ten seasons in the NFL, etc. So good resume. Uh, we'll have to see if he is is a good QB coach. But but Lance, all that to say, um, fast forward the nine or ten days since we last spoke. A lot of news has come out and some clarity uh, from my point of view to the situation that they need to get behind Lance and, and it seems like they're going to. Um, where does Where is Lance going to shake out? What is his weekly floor? What is his ceiling for the year? Um, and, and how should guys be valuing him in a super flex dynasty? Yeah, I, I think Lance is going to be a great player um, in this league for a long time as soon as he starts getting that opportunity. Um, to be honest, I, I think that he's going to have a, a floor of 20 points just because of his rushing upside. Mm-hmm. Um, is he going to throw the ball Is he going to throw the ball 15 times a game? 
Or I think I think he will. I think he'll be targeting Kittle. I think he'll be targeting Debo, and you know, and then I think they'll be doing a lot of dump off passes to the running backs, whether that's Debo, Elijah Mitchell, or you know, your boy Sermon. Um, I think that he's going to be getting the ball out of his hands, and I think he's going to be passing it a, a decent amount, more than people think. Yeah, I, I think you're probably going to see a healthy dose of Trey Lance rushing, and um, I, I agree with with turtle with the the short dump off passes i mean i think that the thing that i'm really interested with in with Lance is uh the time off right the you know he hasn't really played in a ton of considerable games in his career right both collegiate as well as professional right i mean we saw him a couple times last year with with Garoppolo injuries and and he looked good right and and he he can you know i mean he's got a cannon for an arm and you know he's got uh he's got really unique rushing abilities which which i think is is really you know the upside for for him as a fantasy player um you know i am I'm, I'm curious just to see you know i, I want to see the kids start some games right um yeah. you know I, I mean what he's he's within the past 3 years he's maybe played you know less less than 6 games if he Brian, if he stayed in school and he declared this past year, is he the runaway one oh one in rookie drafts? Superflex rookie drafts? Uh I mean it it depends, right? I mean uh he it, the, the, he came from a uh, a small school, right? I mean, um he's not he's not from a, a power conference school like Alabama or Ohio State. You know, so he he played against inferior competition, and, and I mean, he dominated against them, right? And so there's something to be said about that. And you know, I I tend to trust in Shanahan, right? I mean, I think he's proven that he is a uh, a top uh, coach in this league, and and able to craft his system around the talents of his players. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I think he. Lance possesses the the abilities to uh, provide his upside for the San Francisco offense. I'm not sure he would be able to on a on a team in the same way. Yep. Um, my, so my opinion, and we'll move on after that. I think Lance Dynasty Superflex. I think he's a top eight option. He might yeah. be down in the seven to eight range. Um, I think overall players, he's got to be in the top 25 of power rankings. And, and I think I agree with Turtle. His, his floor last year seemed to be around that uh, 18 to 20 point range. And that was with probably a whole lot of rust. If he has a good offseason and uh, he's got a cannon for an arm, who knows? Are, are they going to get him a deep threat? Are they going to, you know, Will Fuller on the move, uh, Amari Cooper, what have you? Uh, if they got someone who can run deep, and he can hit it up, that would be, you know, uh, for a long-term growth. But um, for me, I think the the window to buy potentially low, if you had an owner in your league that, you know, didn't have diamond hands, that was scared about all of the news and the confusion and, and, and the 49ers front office not coming off and backing Lance as their guy, uh, the time has passed most likely. Uh, because that's exactly what they did at the combine as they came out and back Lance and heaped praise on him and, and yada, yada, yada. So uh, that the Bilo window is probably gone, but until he starts putting up 20 a week, there still could be a window. Um, and, and my suggestion, if, if you got an owner who can afford to flip him or is willing to, to trade Lance, I'd go get him in your league. So moving on to the rookies, guys, let's just, uh, I'll be quick about it. Is there anything that you'd like to, um, over the past few days of the combine, any rookies jump up your boards, fall down your boards? Yeah, I got something for you. I I just thought this was a very interesting stat because uh, it just really shows how much of workhorses these these running backs are. The the combine stat is five rookie running backs weighed 205-plus pounds and ran a sub 4.5040 with a 34-inch vertical. So that's pretty crazy. Those, those running backs were Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Rashad White, Pierre Strong, and Devontae Price. Mm-hmm. And as you notice, there's a few of those other running backs that everyone was really high on that isn't on that list, um, and they seem to be falling down those draft boards. You guys know who I'm talking about. 
Yeah, Isaiah Spiller being one of them. He's he's kind of working out through an injury, but I gotta say, um, I agree. Brees Hall stock way up. He he could be the the one hundred and one in dynasty drafts. He's not doing anything wrong, and he's putting good numbers on tape. Ken, Kenneth Walker the same. Spiller yeah. stock down, and Traylon Burks I think maybe stock down too, based on what he's putting on tape. Apparently, I didn't see it, uh, but I did read a comprehensive report. He didn't look good in positional drills, apparently. Mm. Um, Christmas, Christmas of routes, knowing where he should be and when, um, you know, for these scripted things, you got you to gotta throw the kid maybe a mulligan. He's nervous out there. Definitely. Um, but but he, he probably has all the talent in the world. But is he a Jalen Rager? These same guys who have all the talent in the world, uh, but just never put it together at the professional level between the ears. So two big stocks up, I think two big stocks down from my point of view with Spiller and Burks down, Hall and Walker up. Um, Brian, what do you think on the rookies? Yeah, Brees Hall definitely, uh, definitely uh, showed out um, and, and, you know, Pretty much solidified himself as as one of the top uh, dynasty players in this draft, and we'll talk talk about maybe a, a, a regretful trade I have at this point um, a little bit later on. Uh, you know, I, I think Garrett Wilson um, definitely helped out his draft stock. He showed that he's a top guy in this in this mm. draft. Um, one guy who who you know he he's, he was a possible top five running back in this draft that I, I don't think you can say is a top five running back in this draft anymore is uh, Kyron Williams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a good one. Now, I mean, he, he basically almost just got uh, outrun by a, uh, uh, who, who's the, uh, the guy. Jordan, who just, Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, four, seven, eight, 40, the big, big defensive tackle. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, Kyron Williams didn't do himself any favors. Uh, one player that I I really really like, and he's um, you know he he's a he's he's not talked about in the top tier of running backs, but but did post a pretty decent uh, forty time and, and a top broad jump uh, is Zimmy White. Uh, yeah, I think it was important for him to show that he is fully healthy after you know a couple torn ACLs in his career and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's the other side of that, that Georgia, uh, running game with James Cook, but, you know, he was, he was a five-star recruit going into to college and, um, a lot of people were talking about him as being, you know, a, a really, really good talent. So, uh, in the history of Georgia running backs, I'm, you know, he, he could follow in the steps of a, uh, Nick Chubb and, and, you know, get drafted a little bit later, but, but really show out. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, Kyron Williams was a great point. Actually, that should have been probably higher than Burks in terms of stock down. Slowest run uh, of of the running back, slowest forty time with his four six five, and he, he measured he measured in small too, uh, sub two hundred, tiny guy, um, height and weight. Um, you know, had great college tape on at Notre Dame, uh, but you know sometimes that doesn't always translate if if the uh, peripherals aren't there as well. Uh, who knows? Is he going to slip in rookie drafts and become a value at some point? Probably. Uh, we'll have to see where he lands. But yeah, pretty big stock down there. You know who else looked really good on a, on a different position level? Um, Chris Olave. And a lot of people were talking, saying that Chris Olave is not going to be good. What he did here at the Combine, he just looks so smooth, so fast. And I think he's going to be a blessing for any team that gets him. Oh, pure speed. Yeah, yeah. absolutely pure speed. Very good point. All right, let, let's let's switch gears, guys. Let's jump into um, uh, away from what's happened the past ten days, and, and we'll have less talk to talk about, you know, moving forward when we're recording this weekly. We won't have so much time and news to cover, so a little bit of an extended segment. But let's let's move on to um, what we really wanted to get through today was our wildest twenty-four hour trade period. Uh, it started early morning uh, on, I think it was back sixteenth. Around seven, eight o'clock or something, the first trade went down, and it actually went to about eight a.m. the next morning. Um, seven of these big trades. Jason, um, who was on the pod last week, was involved in a good number of them. A uh, number of them. He had decided at that point to uh, look at his roster, compare himself to others, and say, "You know what? I'm going to try to be the first guy to not be a pretender um, from a, uh, thinking I'm a contender." 
and say, you know what, I'm going to start rebuilding. I'm going to start selling my assets and acquiring draft capital, et cetera. Um, so BD, you were, you, you got it kicked off with the, uh, you received McLaurin. Why don't you walk us through that one? Yeah. So, uh, flip side of flip side of Jay's, uh, Jay's play there with, with getting into rebuild. Right. I, I looked at my roster and said, you know, I'm, I'm a couple pieces short. I've got a lot of draft capital, right. I had, uh, I think at that point, eight first round picks between, uh, 2022 and 2023, maybe it was nine. And I, I can't remember. Um, you know, and I decided, Hey, you know what, why don't I, why don't I see if I can, uh, start to upgrade some positions and, you know, fill out my roster and maybe make a, a play for competing in, in 2022. Right. So, yeah, I, uh, so first trade, uh, went down that day. Um, I received Chase Edmonds, uh, and Terry McLaurin and a 2023 second. Um, and I sent, uh, Boston Scott free agent running back for, for Philly, uh, Gabe Davis, um, you know, hot, hot player right now, uh, an upside player, but, uh, still some question marks there on the, the Buffalo offense. And, uh, you know, a highly coveted 2023 first, it was, it was my own. Um, so I'm betting myself a little bit to, to not suck next year, but and I, I think, uh, you know, I got I got a upside wide receiver in Terry McLaurin, right? If, if Washington can get a semi-competent quarterback, you know, I think Terry's definitely the guy there, right? And they're already talking about ending uh, his contract. And I think Chase is an interesting guy. Uh, well, I expect him to be the piece that leaves that Arizona offense. Um, I think Connor probably stays. I think Edmonds probably leaves. Uh, but he's got the pass catching chops, right? And I was really just looking for, you know, somebody younger who might be able to get 10 points a game, uh, fill out that RB2 spot on a bye week um, if I needed him and, and, you know, be able to rely that I'm going to get some points out of him. So, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty happy with the trade. We, we actually called it the Edmonds line all of last year because if you're on the Edmonds line, it means you're doing good. That means your floor is about nine to ten points a game. So any running back that you have that matches up with the Edmonds line, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, and, and to go into that, guys, what we mean by that is Edmonds is that unique hybrid back where, yeah, he was in a platoon with Connor, and Connor was getting the goal line work, but Edmonds would have a, a nine to twelve carry floor. And a four to five catch floor. And, and oftentimes, if you can get some good yak, um, you're going to get out of that six to seven point range and into the nine to point nine to ten point range as a floor. And that that's really good to have, as Brian said, as an RB2 uh, weekly fill in uh, or bi week fill in or, or a flex play. Um, and you got to forget. You can't forget, rather. When he does pop in the end zone here and there sporadically, your nine points suddenly becomes 15, your 10 points suddenly becomes 16, and it becomes a really, really nice week. So the way I see it, Gabe Davis, who was primed to sell high after that big game, you went out and swapped him for a running back, which if you're a contending team, um, having, a, having a running back stable is, is always a good thing because it's in a very injury-prone position. And then you swapped your 2023 first, which to your point, by all intents and purposes, you want it to be a very low one since you're pressing for a good year this year for Terry McLaurin. And I don't, I don't think turtle, I don't think you can get Terry for less than a first. So I don't think he should be more than a first, but a first round pick for Terry seems very fair on both sides. Um, I think this was an equal trade. What do you, uh, any final comments? I, I like I like this trade for Brian because Brian, like Brian said, he looked at his team and he realized that he can compete. And I think that this gives him one more piece um, that really will help him just win games each and every week. Um, and then we move to the next one, you know, and, yeah. and, it really, and then it really, really shows you what Brian was trying to do. Um, yeah, so a few hours later, same two teams. Turtle, why don't, why don't you lay it out? for yeah. what, what the what the optics were, and then we'll toss it over to Brian and see how he feels about it. Yeah, so Brian sent the 101 of the 2022 draft, so that's probably either Brees Hall or, um, or Traylon Burks, and he received Cam Akers and 
2022 fourth round pick. In my opinion, I think that was a great, great move. I mean, Akers was just coming off of an injury, so we didn't really see exactly what he is capable of doing those last few games that he did play. But overall, he's an extremely young player, and uh, I think he's got a good career ahead of him on a really good uh, St. Louis or uh, Rams team, St. Louis. Jesus. So, um, so Brian, uh, how'd this one age in your mind? You still feeling um, good, or I don't want to leave the witness. How you feeling about it? Yeah, I I feel I still feel good about it. Um, I believe in Cam I mean. He, Interesting uh, uh, off-season player with Cam Akers. I, I think he's one of a few of the most polarizing dynasty, uh, dynasty or fantasy players, uh, you know, in the in the Twitter sphere for sure. Um, you find as many people who think he's going, he has a uh, you know RB one overall upside, is thinking he might be you know outside of a, a running back too. So. Um, yeah, I, I I'm okay with the trade. I, I think I, I, I'm I'm still happy that I made it. Watching Brees Hall go out and show out like he did, you know, I'm I'm having a little bit of uh maybe I could have gotten away without doing it. I would have gotten uh would have gotten Brees Hall out of it as well. Um but, you know, it all depends where, where he ends up, right? If he ends up there someplace, I don't think Cam Akers is gonna be in a timeshare next year. I think you know, I think McVay wants him to be the guy, um, and and you know, the Rams have uh, have played the trade every draft pick to try and, and worked out for them hard. But I don't think they're going to be drafting one of the top running backs in this draft. So, you know, I, I think he's the guy. So I'm I, I I'm still all right. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, and I, and that's exactly what I was going to say. As you were saying, is is the unknown for Hall, even though he went out and and showed off in the underwear Olympics there, um, we don't know where he's going to be. You know, if he lands in Miami, wow. If he lands in Houston, mm, you know, maybe not so wow. Like, yeah, it's great that he's he, he might have a backfield to himself, but very different situation, very different club trajectory. Um, or does he go out and, and go into a backfield that um, he's going to be a, a committee guy? Um, I, I don't know. Does, does he drop to someone like, uh, LA chargers, uh, who has Eckler and it's yeah. a thunder and lightning thing Do do the Titans go out and draft Henry's successor. And he's a middling used back, um, for a half a year or a year or two years while, while Henry winds down his career. Um, so yeah, uh, I think you, you still got to feel good. Acres is, I think has, has a wide window. Um, of floor and ceiling, but his ceiling um, may ultimately prove to be higher than, than, than Hall's ceiling. Yeah. And, and I, it's important probably just to say, you know, the reason I'm, I'm saying I regret Hall uh, or not saying I regret, but uh, I'm talking Hall at 101. Um, you know, I traded Jay for the 101 and, and he's been pretty vocal that he's planning on taking Brees Hall at 101. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so that's, that's, I, I still hold the one Oh three this year, right. I've still got a, a pretty high pick. I mean, it may very well be that Jay decides, Hey, you know, Burks is my guy. Wilson's my guy. Malik Willis is my guy. All right. And Brees Hall uh, ends up falling to me at one Oh three. Um, so I still get a guy there. Um, but you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy with the trade. I, I think overall I'm good. So, so first trade goes down at 8 a.m. The Acres trade goes down maybe two hours later or so at 10. Turtle, you're seeing, okay, BD just got McLaurin for a first. He just got Acres for a 22, the 101. Um, you're sitting there with two first-round picks, the 105 and the 106, burning the proverbial hole in your pocket. <laughs> um, I, at what point, give us a little, little background before you jump into the uh, explaining the trade. What were you immediately at starting at 8 a.m. talking to Jay trying to get him, or when you saw the second trade go down, did you know, hey, this is actually a fire sale? I got to get in there. What was and that's exactly what happened. As soon as I saw that second trade go down, I texted, texted Jay. I was talking to him about Dobbins for the past like week before that, but he really wasn't trying to sell him to me. And then when he realized that he wanted to sell his whole team off, that's when I pounced after I saw. 
that BD just got acres. Cause I was like, I'm not missing, I'm not missing out on this. Like there's one other player on his team that I would want. And that was Dobbins. So I went after it and I got it. I tried to get Watson too, but he wasn't going to trade me Watson. So I just said, all right, let me get Dobbins. Um, he wasn't going to do the trade cause he, he wasn't going to do it originally because I wanted that second round pick, which he ended up giving me, um, because, I mean, giving up two first-round picks, you know, that's tough. But there's a, definitely a, a, a joke going on Twitter and everyone's saying, I, I don't know who to take with the 104. I don't, I don't know who to take with the 104. And people are just like, well, just be patient. So it's like there's no clear-cut 104 and 105 right now. So I feel really good about uh, acquiring Dobbins, especially with him being on such a good run offense. Um, I think he's got the ability to be a top-five running back by the end of this year. I really do. Yeah, so so the, the exact trade, just for the listeners, is you gave the 22, 105, and 106. Uh, you got back the 22, you got a round five, uh, probably not even worth the number, but it was the 501. You got the 22, 203, along with the rehabbing, torn ACL, J.K. Dobbins. So um, you saw Akers go for the 101. Now, obviously, I think you got to wait the 101 just because you have the ability to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say double the value of all the other first round picks, but it, but it gives you total flexibility. So like much like a stock option, you, you have, um, ability to do a few things and there's intrinsic value within that ability. So the one one, um, obviously weighted higher, but you did give up two top six first round picks. Do you think you got the most bang for your buck? You still sitting happy with, with Dobbins? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think if he didn't give me that second round pick, I wouldn't have done it. But because I was able to recoup some of the value on that second round pick, I was like, all right, I'll just yeah. I'll just make it happen. I'll take the chance on Dobbins. And that really just, you know, I think it really secured my my stable of running backs where I really feel confident in having extremely young running backs that have high upside as long as they stay on the field. Yeah, yeah I, you, you looked at it is the 105 for Dobbins plus I only had to slide down what was it uh, nine spots for yeah the- no I don't even think it was that many because he gave me the 201 so it was like yeah yeah probably nine nine yeah go, go ahead BD sorry yeah no I I, I mean I, I when I was making my trade right uh Jay had first proposed to me Dobbins for the the 101, right? And and I I was actually seriously considering that because um, I I do like Dobbins. You know, the only reason I didn't go Dobbins was because I've got Lamar on my roster. And I didn't want to overexpose myself to the Ravens uh, offense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I didn't have uh, Lamar, I, I actually may have ended up with Dobbins there. Um, so yeah, I. I I like Dobbins. I think he's a good player. I think he's, uh, you know, him and him and Acres, right? I, I, I've seen plenty of uh, mocks going, having them go actually back to back. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully Lamar could start using Dobbins a little bit more in the passing game. That uh, that would really increase his upside. Yeah, and I, I will tell you, complete honesty, it was probably at that point too when I saw the second trade go down. I also reached out for Dobbins and inquired on the cost and. I could definitely afford him. Um, I had at that point, I think, um, four first rounds over the next few years. Uh, the 104 in 2022, uh, probably the 101 or 102 in 2023. So I had flexibility, but um, you know, just didn't get to it in time. Turtle Turtle came up with an offer and uh, first, and that and that went through. So uh, my negotiations just weren't quick enough. Now. Not to be outdone, I need to get in on the action. So uh, <laughs> I had been talking for – it's just funny. We have Corey, who was on the podcast last week. He's a manager who, if you want to trade with him today, you better have started discussions a week or 10 days ago. Yes. Right? So he has been talking to me about he, – he was bare on, on picks. I had the 104. Um, I felt very much like Turtle just explained with a Twitter joke. I don't know who the heck I'm going to take. Um, most likely it's going to be a QB because Brady just retired on me and I got Matt Ryan, a.k.a. Wiener Crayons, <laughs> wings. So I was just going to hold and hope that someone pops at the combine in the pre-draft and gets drafted high and says, oh, well, I can take that guy at the Superflex. But what made me worried was the guy with the 102 also is extremely, extremely needy at QB. 
So I was very much open to the pick, um, the trading the pick rather. So um, this this trade went down. I went and received Devonte Smith uh, from the Eagles, Khalil Herbert from the Bears, a 2023 third and 2022 fourth, and I gave up the 104. So think of it like the 104 for Smith. And I gave up the, a 2023 second, and it's most likely going to be a top six second. Um, Turtle, you own it, so I expect you to finish top six this year. Yeah. And I, I threw in KJ Hamler uh, because he was going to be uh, a cut anyway as we trimmed down our rosters. So, um, you know, he was he was surplus, so I, I threw him in for whatever, a speculative dart throw if Corey wants to ride him out. Um, so... That's the context of the trade. You guys might walk me through your thoughts. Again, I don't, I, I don't, did anyone get waxed on this one? No, I love that trade. I think Devon, I mean, Devontae Smith speaks for himself. He's a Heisman winner, you know. The guy's got significant upside if Jalen Hurts can just figure out how to get the ball to him. Um, I think he's young enough that he's going to be a huge playmaker down the line. Yeah, I, I think um, my, my personal opinion, Matt, is you won this trade. Uh, I, I don't think that there's a better receiver than Devonta Smith, the 104, right? I mean, the, the player who's going to be sitting there, you know, based on Jay saying he's going to go Brees Hall, uh, you've got the QB needy team probably going uh, Malik Willis too, right? And then I'm going to probably grab a wide receiver at yeah. three, um, just based on the talent of the class, right? So, you know, sitting there at four, you're looking at maybe Garrett Wilson, maybe Traylon Burks, but I think they're 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 maybe equally as good as Devonta Smith, but maybe not. Um, you know, so I, I I personally think you want you won that trade, and and you you said something in the chat, uh, you know, after you made the trade that resonated with me, which was if Jalen Hurts improves as a passer with Devonta then you win if Jalen Hurts doesn't improve and Philly moves on with a new quarterback then Devonta probably wins right so I, I think your your gamble there with Devonta is is greater than 50 percent that he's going to improve one way or the other yeah I think when I look at the landscape I think it's extremely safe I think Devonte established a floor in his rookie campaign, and I I think that's um, what you can expect as a floor with Hertz performing at the level at which he did. Which I mean, we can think back to the Philly season; they really clamped down on his pass attempts, and they started to run the ball heavily. Um, who knows? Maybe if a running back goes there, they become attractive if they keep that in place. However, you got to think they're not going to be happy, especially Philly being a, a, a club with a rabid fan base, uh, uh, owner who has had a taste of Super Bowl victory and, and wants a club that's respectable. They're not in a second round draft capital QB. Let's face it, is not the same as a first round draft capital. And, it, and even if you split down that, if we take a moment on first round draft capital, a top half of the or are really top six QB is very much different than even a guy in the seven to 12 range and especially someone lower than that. So around two QB like Jalen Hurts is the team is not going to feel like, Oh, we're stuck with this guy. We've, we've, we put a lot into him. No, they'll, they'll move on if the opportunity arises and they'll only move on for something better. Um, was my point of view. Now, um, if, if, Burks goes out and becomes Debo Samuel, yeah, uh, possibly could have lost. But I viewed it as if, if Devontae Smith was in that draft and he was there at 104, I'm, I, and I got extra data on Devontae Smith playing a pro season, I'm taking him at the 104. Now, I don't want to – before we move on, I don't want to skim over Khalil Herbert. No, I, I think you got a value in Herbert there too. I love – and I, I, the listeners out there love Herbert. And Corey will tell you if he was on the pod – I was hounding him before Montgomery went down. Um, not a high draft capital QB. Didn't really, you know, pop off the the, the tape in college. But um, 
I just saw him kind of getting a few carries here, and I saw, man, that guy's got some burst. Now he goes and Montgomery went down with a knee, and you know, I was I was throwing everything at Corey last year, but he was using him as a starter um, here and there, um, so he wasn't he wasn't willing to to be pried away from have Herbert pried away from him. Uh, a second round 2023 that could be in the top six picks in that round. It could be an overpay. Um, you might be able to, in your league listener, get him for a third round pick uh, in 22 or 23. Um, that just wasn't my opportunity. And that was a guy I really wanted. Uh, and I was happy. And ultimately, I think that's the way you got to view trades is whether Brian and I are looking at your trade or Turtle and I or, or, or those two are looking at your trade. Um, you know, when we get some listeners um, to talk about trades in their league, and if we if there's something we don't like, but you do like like it for the for the cost that you paid, that's really all that matters. Um, and that was really evident to me with this one. But uh, Brian, I'll let you give closing thoughts. It sounded like you wanted to make a point or two on Herbert. No, I I, uh, I actually was in the same boat as you. I've been throwing stuff at at Corey left and right, trying to get Herbert, and uh, just could never get the deal done. Um, and it, it usually took about three days to figure that out, but um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I like Herbert. I think he is he's clearly shown that he is uh, a piece of that offense. And uh, yeah, I I I like I said, I I think on that trade, right? It's not not like you 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 pants him, right? You fleeced him, um, but I think you you probably will feel the better side of that trade long term. Yeah. So, so when you think about it, we're four trades in talking, right? And this was, I think that one probably went down maybe two or three in the afternoon. So it's been every two hours people are on a work day seeing this massive trade pop through. Everyone's getting in the chat. It was one of the funnest days. We're not done yet. Trade number five, Brian, why don't you walk us through what Joey and Noah came up with? Yeah, and I'm glad you asked me to start this one off because uh... – one of the players in this trade, I was I was trying to get and had offered two first round picks for. Um, so uh, the trade that went down was Alvin Kamara and Mike Williams, right? And the, you know, place place yourself at the point in time. This is this is shortly after the news came out with Alvin Kamara and the uh, the battery incident after the uh, Pro Bowl Pro Bowl game, right? Um, so Alvin Kamara and Mike Williams uh, sent for Dalvin Cook and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, I was I was a little pissed off when this trade went down because I had offered a couple first round p- picks for Dalvin Cook, um, and uh, I was trying to get uh, D Hop in that well, um, and. Uh, and I, I saw this trade go down and I was just like, why? Right. So, um, you know, context of Joey's roster, he literally drafted every old man in the NFL possibly could. I'm pretty sure the average age of his roster is like 50. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he made a, he made a bet with, with the, the, his trade partner where, uh, he bet a, a, an amount of money that he's going to end up in the top six this year. So, um. Yeah, I, I just didn't understand this trade, right? I mean, he 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 took it that may be suspended to start at the beginning of the year. He gave up, uh, you know, it, probably his his best dynasty player uh, roster at the time. Um, he got Mike Williams, which I don't know. I mean, Mike Williams is he's a high draft capital. Uh, player but he's been someone who hasn't been able to stay healthy throughout his career and, and I don't I don't know that that's going to change um you know he's going to wait Clyde Edwards Lair okay you know I, mean, uh, I was confused because he he had just traded for CEH a few days earlier then he came yeah. to me and he got McKinnon looking to handcuff CEH um you know thinking that McKinnon will resign after the playoff showing you know for cheap um and then bam he, he moves Edwards Lair I I too was very confused by this one uh a three running back and one wide receiver trade you don't see that all the time three big name hobbies moving uh but yeah so so turtle what were your thoughts uh, a clear winner or you okay with it 
uh, I mean, at this point, Joey, Joey's going to be struggling for years and years and years. So, I mean, this trade just put him even further back, in my opinion, especially if Kamara gets uh, suspended for even any amount of time. Um, it was so smart for Noah to, to pick up Dalvin because he has Madison. So he already has the successor to the Vikings' um, future running back. Mm-hmm. So why not take a shot on Dalvin? Maybe he'll have one real healthy year and then go out on top. And then he also gets – I consider, I personally consider uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Danger Dynasty territory because who knows what's going on with that guy. He, he, he looked all right towards the end of the season, but he's just been kind of a disappointment. Um, but he's still, he's still young enough where you could take a shot on him and maybe, maybe everything will turn around for him. So, I mean, yes, Noah won that trade. Joey's not really exactly too sure what's going on, and that's really how I see it. Okay, so so far we think we have three even Stevens and then um, two winners um, from the past two trades we talked about. Um, yeah, I, I got to agree. Um, I, I like the the Cook and, and CEH side, um, especially with Kamara. You know, I, I don't know. The uncertainty there um, is is certainly alarming. Um, especially if you're trying to finish top six like Joey is. Now, I, I will say, right, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take a slight counterpoint, right? Uh, if you look at it from the, the side of the cook owner, right, you're not typically getting more than 14, maybe 13 games a year, right? He's, he's always good for a couple games down, right? Yes. So if, if you're thinking that Kamara might get suspended for, I don't know, three to four games, right, take that out of equation right and then then you're putting the players equal footing right so i i will say that standpoint you you can make the argument that perhaps the uh the suspension of kamara gets if it if it happens right gets outweighed by the history of cook Mm -hmm. uh i still would prefer the cook side just because of the offer that kamara is going to be on next year um, you know, Peyton, Peyton's gone, right? I really think he was the visionary of that offense. Um, their, their quarterback situation is upended. Their cap numbers are crazy. I mean, it's still a good offensive line. It's still a good defense, you know, but I, I think defense, you know, Kamara and, and make him make him pass. Yeah. Quarterback. And I, I think what's not lost either. We don't want to lose context is, um, the person who received Cook also happens to be the Madison owner, so yeah. he's probably fairly comfortable with yeah. If I if I'm missing him three games, whatever, I still get the RB one um, on Minnesota. Yeah, either way, he's getting a win in that in that situation. I I like it for uh, for Noah. Yeah. So, is the next trade, guys? Uh, I don't know that I want to talk about it. I'm I, I don't even want to talk about the next trade. Let's I'm just involved, move on. I'm involved again, and uh, was this. The biggest trade on the day, uh, possibly uh, the biggest shifter uh, of of talent on the day. Um, but I want to hear it from your guys' standpoint on if it was even if it was an ankling. Are we going to bust out the ankling terminology here? I'll 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 say the optics, and I'm going to turn it over to you, and I'm going to abstain. I traded Dwayne Haskins, Quintez Cephas. <laughs> Two twenty twenty a, a twenty twenty three first, which in all likelihood is going to be top three. Um, so it's it's probably not going to be the one hundred one, uh, but but likely the one hundred two or one hundred three. If you can confidently project that, that's what it's looking like. And I traded the twenty twenty four first that was mine in the twenty twenty four first that was turtle. So very likely bottom four picks in 2024 if if both our teams remain good but anyways it's so far out it's like okay um so and i received in return um a 2023 second so it went from the first to the second uh 2023 third 2024 i mean 2024 third 2024 fourth and travis kelsey and trey lance yeah. All right. Let me just talk about it. This this was a huge shift in the power dynamic of the league. Matt was already in a good position to be top six um, for the next bunch of years with Justin Jefferson and Antonio Gibson, Najee. Um, this was something that I think just transferred the uh, balance of power, and it really swung in your favor. 
I mean, I know Travis Kelsey is 32 years old now. So how many more possible, how many more good, good, good years can he possibly go? It's probably honestly two or three. So we know that eventually you will trade Travis Kelsey because you will, you will, you will sell him off to some poor schlub who doesn't understand the concept. And you also got the guy that we opened the show talking about, which is Trey Lance, who we already said and established as a top eight quarterback without even really playing any games. So instead of having Matt Ryan at the helm, a.k.a. Wiener Crayon, you now have Trey Lance and you also have an elite tight end. And you didn't even give up any draft picks for the next for this year's draft. It was all later than 2022. 